Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Hoppers. Today we are covering Russian Doll Season 1, Episode 5, Superiority Complex. I am Mr. Sal, re-watching Russian Doll, loving every second of it, and looking forward to Season 2 whenever that happens. And I'm here with one of my former students. I'm a high school science teacher. I'm here with one of my former students, Kurt, who has never seen Russian Doll before this and seems to be enjoying it. And uh, Kurt, how's it going? I'm feeling pretty all right. Pretty all right. Can't do much right. better than that. Right being the uh, key word in that statement. All right. You are usually correct. Okay. I like hearing that. Ex- okay, <laughs> Except when you're not and try to pass it off as though it was my mistake and not yours. That's Don't recall <laughs> that. <laughs> never. Never happens. <laughs> never happens. Okay. All right. So. Kurt, this is episode five. We're in the second half of the season here, so we're on the back half of the season. There are only eight episodes that we're going to be that that exist of Russian Dolls so far. This one, I think, well, because I have to guess your rating, I think uh, you were pretty pleased that your predictions came true. They will meet your just to recap your predictions from last week were that they will uh, Alan and Nadia will meet up at or before halfway. I mean, they meet up very, very quickly (laughs) Uh, and they will do your other prediction was they will experiment about their situation. So there's a little vaguety, vaguety, vagueness. This is a, it's a little vague as to whether or not this actually happened, but I'm going to give you credit for that one. I don't think they actively experimented, but they did learn. They they, they got the results of experimentation. They, they yeah, they, they learned more about their predicament. Well, I, so so I I would argue that they did experiment because they both come into this with theories, right? Yeah, Alan, especially they they especially are experimenting right. with Alan's theory of this being a punishment, some sort of purgatory or whatever. Um, and Nadia has her theory about the supermassive gravitational, <laughs> sentient gravitational pull of the door. So, uh, so they, they do kind of, especially with Alan's theory, try to test it and experiment a little bit. So I, I give you credit for this. Good. I, yeah, I'll give myself credit. Good. You'll you love to hear when a teacher says that I'll give you credit for this. <laughs> yeah, yes. So so you got your predictions right, I would say. Uh, I would say that since that's what you're predicting, uh, that you're probably pretty satisfied that it happened. Uh, I think you probably uh, I think you you like the um, the experimentation. I think you like this episode probably more than last episode when we were kind of recalibrating ourselves to the show uh, from Alan's perspective. Now we kind of are getting it from both perspectives and I'm feeling probably more comfortable with it than we were last week. So uh, I'm going to say you probably gave this a nine um, and I don't know. I don't think it's your favorite episode of the season, but I think you gave it a nine. It is a nine and I'm unsure as to whether I like it more or less than uh, Alan's routine, but I think I like it more. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's that's about where I am too. I think this is probably my second favorite episode of the season. I still think I like a warm body the most, but this is uh, this is a really good one, and I gave it a nine as well. Uh, I think I, one of the things I didn't mention in my 
analysis of your rating is I think we're seeing a little less humor and a little more gravity. Yes. And in, in the situations. So yes, that's and, definitely that's definitely the case. But still some yeah. humor. Oh yeah. Some humor. Yeah, some absolutely. I'd like to point out. My favorite okay. yeah. thing. Yeah, you want you want to tell us your favorite quote? Or, uh, or it's mom, not even moment. Quote. It's moment. kind of the yeah. what what I think is Anadia's increasingly faster speed run of getting through John. Oh yeah. Which I think is hysterical. Like at yep. first she takes her time, we play right. And yep. Reno's like, oh, let's go, let's go get Lucy right now. She's getting tongue at this mm-hmm. book thing right now. Let's like increasingly fast speed run. That's why yep. I like that, that <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed. Yes, that is that is that is pretty cool. I enjoyed that as well. I think I loved the callback to the stairs here. Oh, or she, yeah. she asked Alan, "Did you ever have any trouble getting up the stairs?" He's like, "No. What are you, some kind of superhero or something?" Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that because it, I, I thought it was so funny when it was happening to oh. her, and even she that still was- says to, to John, oh, "We're going to take the fire escape." <laughs> like, yeah. she's not. She's got wants nothing to do with those stairs. In that vein, when she moves John from, uh, he's standing over like the little basement, like the outdoor oh, basement yes. door thing that she's fallen yes. in like twice. See yep. thing moves him. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then exactly. he starts going on about, like, oh, yeah, I don't want to die in front of Lucy or anything. And like, so yeah. Going on about things. Cause that, oh, yeah, that's another theory they have. Yeah. They have another yes. Or at least she has. Of- yeah. And, and I think that's where a lot of the gravity of this episode comes from. When Nadia makes that connection that maybe the people, are continuing on even after they die like she she suddenly treats everything very differently when she realizes that ruth is grieving for her in 15 different you know when she i'm sorry i shouldn't say when she realizes when she postulates that ruth is grieving for her in 15 different uh universes or whatever it is that she's thinking here uh that really impacts her we we even see her crying after uh, she comes back from, or after she restarts, uh, after being shot by Ruth. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, we haven't seen much of that much emotion. Uh, warm body when she was first talking to Horse, we saw her crying after John called her the abyss. Uh, but this this is uh, some more some more really serious emotion out of Nadia, and so I. I actually really dig that. I, I like the transition of this series from, you know, there's always going to be humor in it, but I like how it goes from the, the beginning of the series. It's like, Oh, this is a comedy to now it's, it's maybe not a comedy much. <laughs> it's like has some humor in it, but not much of a comedy anymore. Uh, and, and that they, they're going to lean into that, especially over the next two episodes. So the next two, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, at least one of the next two, maybe both, uh, is quite dark and quite dramatic. So it'll be interesting to see how you respond to that. But uh, this title, uh, Superiority Complex, I actually really like it. Uh, I, I think if we think about it from the perspective of Alan's theory, that he thinks that they're being punished for their moral wrongdoings. Uh, and then we think of Nadia mm-hmm. assuming that she is superior to that, that she is not being punished because she's not really a bad person. And then just as she starts questioning that, we almost see a shift in Alan. We do see a shift in Alan uh, 
where he's he starts comparing himself to Mike and thinking there's no way I can be punished and Mike's not being punished. <laughs> yeah, so, there's no way. So, so we see that superiority complex play out in both of them. And maybe it blinds them to the fact that that actually is what happened, or maybe it gets them past the idea that, that this is clearly not what's happening. So, I mean, I, I don't know. What do you think about the title? I thought it was, I thought it was an okay title. Mm-hmm. I guess your explanation of it, because I only thought of it in the Allen context. Okay. So, better than I thought, after you've explained it. Gotcha. A bit more. Mm-hmm. it's a good title i like i said i think that one of the things i like about it the most is that both of them kind of use the idea that they are superior to this to move past this theory okay and may, maybe it's an error or maybe that is the correct course of action so we'll have to see as the series progresses but yeah, i like it I, as, I like as, as it matures yeah, just three more episodes. The, the, it, the like hour half more of it that we get. Yeah, right. it's, no, they, they don't ever get much longer than they already are. But um, as it as it it ripens like a fruit, like a piece of fruit in Ruth's kitchen. So, oh yes, those <laughs> So, I'm really, I'm really wondering if the universe is like decaying around them or something. So, can I ask you a question? This is more of a question of what what has happened in the past. Okay. okay. In episode one, there yep. were a, there were there used to be a lot more fish in the tank, and then there were only like two fish in the tank, right? Right. Nadia asks, "It was either Max or Lizzie." It was Maxine Max. Or, it was Max mm-hmm. about. Did you always have two fish? Yep. What did Max Ket- say again? Yeah, I've always had two: ketchup and mustard. You see, huh? So it's altering it even before. Hmm. Yeah. So to to kind of lean into that, we've seen the fish. We've seen also Boba Fett, the fish, yeah. disappear. We've seen uh, those people on the street that you notice that suddenly were missing things or people. I yeah. We've seen uh, Nadia walk past a vase of flowers at Max's yeah. house, and the flowers like wilt and die. Yeah. We've seen this bowl of rotten fruit fruit yeah yep um, i i'm curious i wonder if alan will talk to his fish feeder his, his oh. potential fish feeder because that to me feels like that would be some information gleaned except he wouldn't know to really ask but if he asked her about the fish like oh so you're feeding my fish and she'd be what fish i'm not feeding your fish what is this like so, so why, oh, who, yeah. who gets a fish feeder for someone they don't have fish like what well, you remember Boba Fett, basically. Right. Uh, a couple of things about that. First of all, he does still have the tank and the food, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. He does have everything the, else. So, yeah. But it's, yeah. So that's interesting. It's, the other thing that I forgot to mention is the, the ring. Uh, oh, yeah. Alan's the ring. Engagement ring. Yeah. That is actually gone. So uh, did I miss anything that has that is decayed here? Well, here, here's the thing. Okay, this is something that I think would matter. Oh, no, I guess it wouldn't matter. But we have, I don't think we talked about it at the, yet. That, do you remember in iteration, I think two or something, Nadia asked Ferran, you know, how's your friend? Did, you know, he was in here, had a really tough time the other night or last night. Uh, and Ferran said, no, what do you, no, he wasn't. What are you talking about? Do you remember that? Yeah. 
Okay. So we didn't make the connection at the time, but you know, this is, that was Alan yeah. getting a reset and then not doing whatever he did that first time. Yeah. Right. Which so. also, by the way, him disappearing. Mm-hmm. I don't think he disappeared now off the ground and died. Okay. What do you think? Yeah. Ha- what do you think happened? I walked out the back door like I originally thought oh, or something. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, impossible. How could that happen? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> you gave me such a hard time for that. Oh, because, I mean, well, now I've become much more educated. Because I do think they die at the same time. It seems like they do die at the same time. So we, we need to talk about sure. that. Because I'm not quite sure about that either. So, I mean, I, I think... I think they reset at the same. Restart at the same time. Yeah, they start at the same time. That's that's for yeah. sure. They start at the same time. Yes. Where they die at the same time, I'm not sure. Because and I, you know, I go back to just the first death in this episode where Alan takes the bike and says he got he gets in a bike accident. Ruth, you had a gas explosion. That was the next morning. Yes, but so, oh, so I, well, my thought was, does he get in a bike accident? But he takes a while to die. Um, that could be. That could be. That's what I thought of. So I, like, I don't really know. So, we didn't get to see okay. it. so I don't, I don't know if they die at the same time. It, I wish they would test some things such as like, can they kill each other? Oh, what happens <laughs> if Nadia kills Alan? Like, does, does she then immediately die somehow? And, oh. and like, if they do die at the same time, if Nadia kills herself, does Alan also die? Ah, interesting. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, how many times does Nadia fall down the stairs just like minutes after resetting? You're right. right. Yeah, she's got so, some so, quick deaths. So what was happening to Alan yeah, during those that. deaths? You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They do. Have you read that have, same time. have you read the synopsis for the next episode by any chance? No, I have no idea. I don't even know what it's called. Oh, okay. Can well, I know what it's called? Uh, I can. I can tell you what, what it's called if you want. The next episode is called Reflection. I won't read you the synopsis, but that it is called Reflection. So, I think that. I will reflect yeah. on that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm not gonna say any more than that. So, all right. So let's let's start running down. Unless you want to talk about anything else before we in preamble before we start the run through. No, I'm good. No, let's uh, yeah, let's talk about the okay. Episode. All right. So we open in Max's apartment. Now, this this as far as I can tell is iteration thirteen, for not at least for Nadia. Okay. Uh, although we're gonna come to find out they're on the same iteration. So they are, they are lining up that way. So um, this is thirteen, and now I'm counting their her, her initial and Alan's initial regular life before any of the resets as one, not zero, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, all right. So Alan shows up at Nadia's party. Now we'll remember from last week. Nadia told him where he could find her. Uh, I'll see you at my, at my birthday party yesterday night at the old yeshiva building. So he, that's how he knows. He shows up at the, at the party and he walks right in on Mike on the phone with Beatrice. And what we hear Mike saying is, uh, he's going he's gonna to propose? What a bummer. So immediately we know that he's talking to Beatrice and if Alan heard it, he would know as well. So I don't think Alan actually hears that at this point because he doesn't really respond to it. He doesn't really go after Mike quite yet. I don't think he heard it either at this yeah. point. 
Not in yeah. this iteration. Right. But he, he connects with Nadia and they, you know, she says, hey, you made it. Welcome to yesterday. Right. And Alan gives her this theory that he thinks this is purgatorial punishment for being a bad person. And he tells her that the person with whom Beatrice is cheating is here. You know, she, she says, all right, well, we'll take care of that later. I'll bust his kneecap. She doesn't even look to see who it is, actually. So yeah. as, far, as far as we know, even at the end of this episode, she doesn't know that the guy she slept with in iteration one is the guy who was cheating on <laughs> or cheating with Beatrice, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So at any rate, she said, you know, we got bigger fish to fry here, life and death stuff. And this is when Alan drops his theory on her uh she doesn't really like this theory very much but she shows him the bathroom where they uh where she resets to and the door specifically the door and she thinks that it's an incredibly dense gravitational field that's gaining consciousness and messing with them so they now both reject each other's theories and not, you know, Nadia, I, mean, I, can, I think Alan, it's a little easier for us to take Alan's point of view and reject Nadia's theory. Yeah. Uh, at least for me, it is. But uh, and then but Nadia rejects Alan's theory on some, you know, kind of philosophical grounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why would the universe have the same morals as us? Right. Exactly. So, you know, what does she say? It's, it's morally simplistic. And you're assuming that the universe that has morals at all, and that those morals align with yours. So, uh, you know, great, great argument. Uh, pretty high-minded, I would say. And they, but she says, you know, what? we'll play along. We'll we'll go with your theory for now. Let's go ask everyone at the party. Oh yeah, this is funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they think I'm a bad person, or if they have any grievances against me so at this point she asks max you know or actually first it's lizzie and lizzie's like no yeah i tried to get adopt those mastiffs and you talked me out of it and that was like changed my life i would have been married and living upstate and like so like lizzie just goes on and on and on about it max takes a bit of a different approach and says no i i love that you're awful because it makes me feel morally superior so there's a there's another <laughs> that, yeah. drop of the superiority complex possibly um so nadia having gotten some mixed reviews here actually not even mixed they're both pretty negative <laughs> decides to address the entire party they're does she do that later? No, this is it. No, no, no. So it's now. Yeah. 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 She addresses the entire party and says, you know, if any of you have any grievances to air against me, if I've ever wronged you anyway, you know, for my birthday, I want you to tell me about it, which is. Yeah. It's perfect. like a roast to me. Yeah. 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 It's a, it, it basically, yes. So, uh, and she gets cut off by, uh, by Max. That was a pretty funny line that Max had. This is like the funniest Max has ever been, as far as I'm concerned. When she said, I'd like to dedicate this evening to uh chung my uncle who also had a hard time saying thank you <laughs> so yeah <laughs> and so uh nadia you know tells alan look see i i put it out there nobody took me up on the offer and i'm a good person <laughs> i'm a good person obviously your theory is disproven until john shows up right at that moment 
and they kind of rehash things. This is, I, I, I like this line too. It's pretty funny when Nadia says, this is Alan. He's basically a child. The universe has asked me, with, tasked me with babysitting. Would you say that's a fair assessment? And no, Alan's really, like, no. <laughs> no. Alan, no, Alan says, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, so I, I do think that's pretty entertaining. But the, the point is that John now outs Nadia and all the things that she's done to him unbeknownst to him that, that he's that she's asked for this right he he just volunteers the information to alan you should know this uh you know she was supposed to meet my daughter and she backed out of it uh and as he you know store, kind of storms off naughty or alan says you you've broke up his marriage and you stood up his meeting his stood him up for meeting his daughter. And suddenly it clicks with Nadia that maybe she's not as good a person as she thought she was. So she really leans into this, right? Mm -hmm. she, so it's, it's interesting here because they kind of diverge at this point. Nadia goes her way and seems to really be trying to make amends for things she knows she did wrong. Right. Yeah, she tries to be a better person, not only for right. John, but also in general, thinking about, oh, well, what if life does continue for them? Like Ruth has, you know, saying that stuff. Yes. But Alan takes a very different approach in that, and not so much trying to make amends and, and recognizing where he went wrong, but instead proving that he was always right and therefore can't be being punished. That's what I so, like to see. Yeah. <laughs> So they take very divergent views of this. It's like Alan's theory has kind of wormed its way into Nadia's head and wormed its way out of Alan's head. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, one of the things that Nadia mentions here is this book, Emily of New Moon. And uh, she says that she was she had intended to bring this book to John's daughter, Lucy. Uh, and when she mentions it, Alan says, I love that book. So there is a connection there because Nadia clearly has a strong connection to this book. So and apparently I Alan think, does too. I think mm -hmm. that we've, we've so I, I've sussed out what's going on here. Okay. If you read this book to completion, boom, mm -hmm. at some point, uh, like almost rapture-esque, there'll be the day of the event in which you'll be put in a time loop. <laughs> So Alan and Nadia are the only people in their lives who've ever read this book. That we know of. There could be other people in the time loop that are like, okay. it's not very popular. There might be someone in Russia, you know, some people look around, you know, yeah, <laughs> you know there's a lot of people. I mean, but I don't, yeah, but I don't, not many readers of the book though. Not, not many readers of the book. Never heard of it myself. You? No, I, I had never heard of it, but as Ruth tells us later, it's the same author as Anne of Green Gables, who, I mean, that's a very famous book. I don't know but, that book either. Oh, really? Okay, I mean, I've never read that one either, honestly, but I've heard of that one. But Emily of New Moon, I'll just tell you a little bit about it. It's about a young girl who's raised by her relatives on Prince Edward Island after her father dies. So, okay. I mean, well, there are cl clearly some parallels there to Nadia. Yeah, her, you know, parents. Uh, actually, what happened to her father? Like, what? her father has not been her father has not been mentioned yet so okay. we don't really know what's what went on with with her father but we know well, that we her know, mother but... died before she turned 36 we don't know how far before we know 
that Nadia had a significant connection with Ruth to the point where she was making Valentine's cards for Ruth and not her mother. So I don't know, but there are, I think that, that there are some parallels there just based on the synopsis. But again, I have not read that book. So I'm, I'm no expert on Emily of new moon. Uh, and I, I don't want to pretend that I am. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. So and I'm also no expert. Okay. There we go. So Alan uh, points out all these shortcomings to Nadia and all the ways she's wronged John. And so John, so Nadia goes over to John and tells John that she wants to meet Lucy tomorrow at breakfast and she kisses him. So I think it's important for us to, to remind ourselves that John hasn't been through all of what Nadia has been through with John. John hasn't been through with Nadia, all of what Nadia has been through with John. John in this iteration, John has never said you're the abyss. He's never even yeah. made that connection. You know, he, yeah, he's yeah. just showing up at this party, presumably with the hopes that they forge another connection. Yeah, so this has gone so, real well for him. This is, oh, yeah. 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 This like, is wow, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so exactly so so that's so that's where we're there at alan listens in on mike talking about art with max which uh, i i don't want to rehash this art conversation because it doesn't make a ton of sense to me uh but i the, the, don't the, expect it was <laughs> yeah, okay but the one thing i where i want to kind of pick it up is alan tries to chime in on this art conversation uh and as though he's you know, he knows something about it. And Mike says, what are you, a collector? And he says, well, my dad used to say, I don't have a single creative bone in my body. And then, you know, we get the, oh, we're talking about your dad now. And Max says, I love dads. I'm a dad. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so there's, there's that whole little flirtation there. But Mike and Max hit on each other like that way. Uh, and right in front of Alan. I mean, they're basically undressing each other right in front of Alan. Um, but Alan expresses to Mike while Mike's going to get a drink for Max his admiration this, which is unexpected he says you know I admire your, your ability to hit on women at parties I could never do that but Mike doesn't really have any interest in maintaining this conversation and quickly dismisses him so that he can go get back with Max here <laughs> yeah, so back to working so. but this is a shift for Alan Alan's shifted from confronting Mike to kind of sussing him out and and not I'm sussing him out is not the right expression to to evaluating him differently you know what instead of instead of you jerk you slept with my girlfriend it's now what is it about you that she liked right? yeah yeah he's curious mm -hmm. and you know this I mean, the thing about Mike is he's supposed to be like a sleazeball type of character, right? Yes. But I do like I do like the fact that we saw Nadia and Mike together, and then they just kind of like drop it for a while, and now Mike's kind of back in the fold of uh, yeah, and it kind of right. meets his character that him and Nadia yes. hooked up. And and we, you know, Mike gave off a little bit of a sleazy vibe with Nadia, although it seemed like in a different different set of circumstances. Her, yeah. Like there, that could have been something, and it also uh, is cool. Later, I I actually love this line. Later, I think it tells you a lot about Mike, where he says she didn't choose me. Nobody chooses me. Like that's that that tells me 
everything I need to know about Mike, that Mike has his own insecurities and his own uh, poor self-image. And this is, this is kind of an act or or a costume that he puts on. Yeah. So he's just the absence of choice. Right. Right. He's so Nadia and John go home together and we see them walking home and Nadia tells John that he's a good father, you know, pancakes and private cars. All my mom ever gave me was a subway token and an eating disorder. So we are learning almost every episode that Nadia had a very complicated relationship with her mother and that this is, this is something that really scarred her to the point where she had an eating disorder and she blames her mother for the eating disorder, but she wants to go to Ruth's house to get the book to give to Lucy. Apparently she had Emily of New Moon. It is at Ruth's house. So what, what does that tell you? The fact that she had this book that she was going to give to Lucy, but it's at Ruth's house. Yeah. Uh, uh, she hasn't looked at it in a long time. Yeah. I mean, she, she hasn't looked at it in a long time, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I mean, this isn't the only thing of hers that's at Ruth's house, right? Yes. Yeah. Ruth, Ruth keeps her items as Ruth's house. Right. Yeah. So the, so the, her history with Ruth goes way back. This is not just a, a newish friendship. This is, you know, we're, and we're going to hear more, quite a bit more about that later on here. As she's talking to John, we see Alan get a city bike and bike off. And that's all we see of Alan, actually, until the next iteration, I think. So Nadia, we're going to focus on her now. She wakes up 6 a.m. She's with John, and she's going to go get that book. So when Nadia arrives at Ruth's, Ruth is asleep. She tries to be quiet as she looks through for the book. She can't find the book, but she does notice a Russian doll, a nesting doll on yes. top of the bookcase. I'm, yeah, I'm obviously the second, like, I see the Russian doll. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like I perk it's, up a little. Yeah. What's in the Russian doll? But, like, no, nah, there's no, it's, what, a, what a tease. Like, well, it, it, maybe it's a tease, but I do think that that is the thing that starts, uh, kind of incepts in her mind that uh, this idea of they continue yeah it's like that's the, yeah i uh, she doesn't maybe, fully maybe. make the connection yet not until after yeah, she I, gets shot yeah i yeah yeah because yeah, the, the biggest where she makes the connection is seeing ruth mourn for her and she starts thinking about well, i wonder if she's yes. still mourning and so on and so forth but i'm yes i feel like we're gonna see the russian doll again though right like you can't you kind of have to because it's not <laughs> russian doll but maybe it is maybe they just Threw it in there as like a little like oh Russian doll and Russian doll look at that mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> thank you stop writing to us we know that there are such things as actual Russian dolls thank you okay, <laughs> so I'll, anyway this is where Nadia ends up in the kitchen with the rotten fruit and she I mean she picks it up I would not touch that I don't know about you like I'm not touching no rotten fruit <laughs> why aren't you touching some rotten fruit What's rotten? <laughs> Like what's wrong with Ron fruit? I have a severe aversion to for for food mold. It's 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 really bad. It's Ron food, you know. I'm sure it's still edible. Mm. I don't know about that. <laughs> the word Ron doesn't mean edible, does it? It just means it's rotting. Things are eating it up. 
<laughs> if anything, if anything, if anything, I would think it's extra edible. Like things are already eating it. Doug, oh, this, this apple's gone pretty good. Time to eat it. Well, well I, I think grab a bite too. I could, I could be wrong, but I, I think what she picks up is a peach, and I won't touch a regular peach, no less a rotten one. Like oh, I really? hate touch, I hate touching peaches. Why? Because they're fuzzy. Yeah, I hate that fuzz. Oh my god. No, I think it's cool for a fruit, like a fuzzy Ugh. fruit. Maybe I'm not denying that it's cool. Yeah. I don't want to touch it. It makes my skin crawl. It makes me feel terrible. I hate it. So, I in fact I won't. Would you eat, eat a peach. peach if you didn't have to touch it? Like if 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 you could just eat the peach, like if you had like a nope. peach holding device, like a glove nope, I per se. I don't want. I don't want to touching my teeth either. In fact, that's worse. Okay, so, what if I peel the peach for you? Oh, then I'll eat it. Yes, it's delicious. Yes. <laughs> and thank, and so thank then, you. So, thank so you just, for peeling it for me. So just, just grab some gloves and peel the peach and then eat the peach. I'll just get canned peaches, honestly. You know, you know, that's a fruit I've had in a while. It's fruit talk, right? Yeah. A pear. There we go. I've had a pear oh, in a while. Pear, pears, I love a good pear as well. Although a good pair is a very messy pair. So <laughs> there is you know always you, that. That. Like you don't. Yeah, it's so no. juicy. If it's it's either rock hard or like drip all over you as you eat. Yeah, like, like soft are, and like yeah. yeah. And those are your two pair. choices. Yep. Anyway. Yes. Man, I could really anyway. go for a pair now. Okay, sorry. Guys. I know. I or some peaches, man. I don't know. I, man, I, I'm indifferent to peaches. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, anyway, uh, this she does pick up this rotten fruit, but Ruth eventually finds the book in this box way in the back of the armoire, she says. And it turns out that she's kept a lot of Nadia's stuff from when she was a kid. She's particularly keys in on this Valentine that Nadia made for her and not her mother. And it turns out that her, her mother was quite, I don't know if it was upset or jealous or what. She had strong emotions about Ruth getting a Valentine and her and her not getting a Valentine. Is that uh, Ruth. for kids to make their parents Valentines? Oh yeah, yeah. It's very typical. Um, it usually happens in school. Usually, the teacher will have the kids make Valentines for the parents. Yeah. Well, well, I can't really remember. Yeah. So I'm, okay. I'm sure you did. <laughs> yeah, I, probably, I probably did. I'm not saying I didn't. Yeah, I just don't remember. Yeah, it's it's pretty common. And, and to be perfectly honest with you, I have most if not all of the valentines that my kids have made for me i still have oh, them. so yeah so this is this is a this is a thing for sure and this this meant a lot to ruth to receive this that's super yeah. handy actually because you could you can re-give those out <laughs> like like these homemade uh, valentines she, yeah like do they put your name in there yeah they're homemade well they say dad yeah I mean, well, you have a dad, yeah. So pass him up. <laughs> Your dad, I drew this. <laughs> exactly. I know. I know. The left for you. Yeah, pass him up. I, I know it looks like a four-year-old drew this, but you got to get past that. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter if you admit you didn't draw. Just be like, this is this is mine, given to me. We don't say this is mine. I'm giving it to you. There you go. Happy Valentine's Day, Dad. We got pass it up. Same Father's Day gifts. You can just pass it right on up. But anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, at any rate, uh, this is this is a big deal to, for Ruth to give the, or I'm sorry, for Nadia to give this Valentine to Ruth instead of her mother. Really struck a chord with her mother. But Ruth says, you know, I was just trying to help 
a little girl who needed somebody who needed someone to lean on. And so, you know, it felt like the right thing to do, but she's very proud of it. I mean, Ruth is genuinely pleased and like proud of this Valentine. Right. Um, And we know that the mother was not. So that's, it's interesting. It gives us a little bit of backstory and a little bit of context uh, about Nadia and her relationship with her mother, her relationship with Ruth. Okay. All right. Moving on. Nadia asks Ruth if she'd be at peace with her life if she knew she was about to die. And Ruth says the, I think, sensible thing, yes and no. Right. And Nadia says, well, how do you get to just yes? Which I think we can tell me if you disagree, but it seems like that would be pretty much impossible to get to just yes. Wouldn't you think? Be okay with dying? No, at peace with your life. At peace with be at peace with your life. Yeah. I, you know, is it impossible to say yes? I I don't know. I don't know that it may be impossible is the wrong word. I think really, really unlikely is probably a better. Yeah, I would say ninety plus percent, ninety five, ninety nine percent people. Most people do not like are at peace with their life before they die. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but. Ruth explains that holding two incompatible ideas in your head at the same time and accepting both of them is the best of being human. I really love that line. It's not a, it's not a comedic line, but I, I really, I had to pause and really try to digest that a bit. I really love, I think it's beautiful. Beautiful how? What, what, beautiful how? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that that is... It's a great way to think about things. Two incompatible ideas in your head. Because how, I mean, it's cognitive dissonance, right? How many times do we have two conflicting ideas and we had, and we believe both of them to be true, right? But the fact that we can recognize that these two things shouldn't mesh, but we can accept both of them uh, is one of the things I think that, that separates I don't know. I, I was about to say separates humans from animals, but I don't know if maybe animals can do that maybe too. Animals do, yeah. I, I, but I've never been uh, inside the the mind of an elephant, for example. But yeah. uh, but at any rate, it, it it really made me think about you know, do I have views that are conflicting? And I think I probably do, and I've have enough cognitive dissonance to keep them both viewed as accurate in my mind which is (laughs) really it's it's a really challenging thing but that that is part of i think why most people can't be completely at peace knowing that they're about to die what do do you disagree well i don't say the last statement how how does having cognitive dissonance make us people not be at peace when they die. Well, because fact, I, feel like, I feel like it could make them more at peace because they can, they, uh, even okay. though things don't agree, they can write. Like, I feel like it makes it easier to be at peace. Basically, I don't understand how that applies to um, like the statement of people. I don't think it backs up. It. I think, if anything, it's it's proof against it. Because you can be at peace pe- with your death because you can use cognitive dissonance to be like, you know, I believe these two polar, like not polarizing, but like. Should it, I shouldn't be able to have these two viewpoints logically, but I do, mm-hmm. and I'm at peace with dying now because I'm able to be at peace with my thoughts. 
Well, I think I, to me, like that is that holding two views that are in conflict with one another is like a perpetual mental wrestling match that you're doing with yourself. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. They're not, they're it, not actually holding it. Right. Just kind of, it's like, um, uh, how do I, uh, it's like you have a mask, like a two sided shirt, and you just uh-huh. change, you know, whatever side you want at the given time. Okay. No, nah, I don't like that. No, nah, I, I still, I'm not, I, I'm not getting it. I'm not, I'm not getting how, how, I just don't understand how that statement is evidence for, or like backs up the first statement. The first statement being that most people won't be 100% yes when they die. Yeah. Or was that 100% yeah? Like, how, how was it worded though? Again, it was it like she said, she already... said, Would you be at peace with your life if yeah. you knew you were going to die? Right yeah. Now? You know, yeah, I, I feel and like, she's... and I feel like people are more likely to be at peace when they die with being able to hold differing opinions in their head, being okay with it. But I see, but you're, you're saying that you have to wrestle with it, but it's being okay yeah. with wrestling with it. But being okay with it, I think, makes it easier to be at peace when you die, still. <laughs> like the, the issue is that she uses the, uh, she, I feel like she says evidence for why you won't be at peace when you die but I feel like okay. it's reason for why you will be at peace when you die okay alright I, I can see your point there so that confuses me Yeah, I see what you're saying as well but I the way I look at it is that it makes it easier to be at peace when you die I, I got you All right. I, I understand what you're saying I understand what you're saying uh, it, and maybe Maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking too much into this. Just just the concept. <laughs> yeah, I think just just the concept of, of being I mean, the way Ruth says it is really like she doesn't actually say that it, that the more uh, conflicting views you have, the harder it is to be at peace when you die. She says <laughs> yeah. ho- holding two incompatible ideas in your head at the same time and accepting both of them is the best of being human. Hmm. So I mean, it, the fact that we have. The mental capacity to do that is pretty astounding and and i i don't know if it's the best of being human i think in many ways it might actually be a big problem with being human <laughs> being um, human, Mr. what's that yeah a big flaw the human flaw yeah the big human flaw uh, i mean i don't know it depends on how you feel i mean the thing about cognitive dissonance is i i assume that Whatever cognitive dissonance I have, I don't know that it's cognitive dissonance. Right? Yeah, I have no, I have no <laughs> cognitive dissonance. I'm telling that right, right now. Right? Everything <laughs> right. I believe is, yeah. is like just completely compatible. Logical. With yeah, I'm. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> something. Think about the the statement people go like, "I'm very logical," and they mean yeah. like all the viewpoints. Like, I think everyone feels like they're logical for the most part. Right. Everyone, right. Exactly. Know, like you know, all my all my beliefs, like yeah, logical. So. Right, right, exactly. So, anyway, I, I think we got to move on from this. Yes, but, yes, it, yes, it, yes. It, but it definitely instigated this type of mental conversation with myself after I heard her say this. So, anyway, Nadia says, uh, fi- you know, we're talking about Emily of uh, New Moon, uh, says that she prefers Emily to Anne of Green Gables because Emily is dark. Uh, I think that. What you're going to see as we progress through the rest of this of the season is there's a lot of darkness to this show and to Nadia, and that we can probably so keep an eye out for that, and we can kind of see why she's latched on to Emily. But Ruth asks twice if she's if Nadia has locked the door, 
So uh, this becomes important later when Ruth's going to shoot Nadia <laughs> because we see Ruth's, it's not paranoia. It's just vigilance about having that mm-hmm. door locked because there's, there's apparently been somebody breaking into homes in the neighborhood, she says. So she, did you catch that? When she said that, it was not really first, no, no. I've not caught it. I've not caught it, but it makes sense with what happened. Yeah, in the future. So, it, right. So she says she says at some point, uh, you know, did you lock the door or not? He says, yes, I already told you I did. This is the second time you asked me. She says, ah, I know it's just somebody in the neighborhood. You know, that's that's what I take to mean. There's somebody in the neighborhood who's been breaking into houses or. That she doesn't trust or whatever. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I think she'll even say that after she shoots uh, Nadia. She like goes on like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I'm sorry. There's like been a robbery." You know, she like, yeah, yeah. So that I, I do like that they've set up something that happens in the next iteration, or actually two iterations from now. Mm-hmm. They set it up here in this iteration that that Ruth is struggling with. Uh, the the locking of doors because she doesn't trust somebody in the neighborhood yeah so anyway she tries to make tea for nadia but blows up the apartment there's some kind of gas leak and that's the end of iteration 13 and we're on to iteration 14 now all right anything you want to say about any of that before we get into the next iteration no no nothing nothing more okay so nadia looking in the mirror here seems like she's genuinely sad about this death like she she's not pissed off here she seems really sad that she died now why do you think that is do you think it's because ruth blew up too do you think it's because she missed out on breakfast with lucy and john like why do you think she seems so sad about this death i i think it's because she she finally has done all the work to be good, the hard work of being good, and that has all mm-hmm. go, gone down the drain. Now she's to be good again. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think <laughs> you're right. I, it, honestly, it's not easy to get to the next morning for her. <laughs> no, no, she... no. Yeah, I think I think it's the sadness of just she has to do all that again, and uh, <laughs> uh, kind of heavier emotions. Maybe that that that's kind of what I took it as like now she's gonna do it all over again. So I'm trying to remember, have we seen her die with anyone yet? Or is this the first time we've seen her die with some? She died. She, she, she may have before, like the what, ambulance she, or whatever. Oh, you're right. I forgot about them. She didn't really know them. In fact, she seemed to dislike them, them pretty yeah. greatly. Um, yeah, but I don't think she's. You're right, she though. May, she may have died with horse, but she wasn't sure. But we do remember when she woke up after having free. Well, she, when she reset after having frozen to death. and she was she was on a mission to get the horse to save him even though she only did it for one iteration i thought yeah. about too like so his horse is still dying or at least going out in the cold and all these like his, his boots mm-hmm. are getting stolen well the idea well the idea is if she can prevent someone from stealing the boots that he'll still feel comfortable sleeping in the shelter and won't freeze to death yeah but she only did that one iteration right so the question is, do, do his boots get stolen later or what? Uh, I get all that. But I, I guess my point is, it seems like she has these really strong reactions of, of sadness, of grief, of despair when she dies with someone she cares about. That's true. Like I, That's true. So, yeah. yeah. 
So the, I, to me, this was about Ruth. There may have been some John and Lucy mixed in with that, but I think this one is, the sadness is mostly about Ruth. Yeah, I think you're right about that. That's fair. All right. Oh, I like that. All right. So Alan arrives and they compare deaths. Uh, he said, he tells her that he had a bike accident, gas explosion. I like this, what, this <laughs> idea of every time they reset, they immediately get back to this point and just shout out the death, right? Yeah. I, I like that, that concept a lot. But anyway, Alan is convinced he's a good guy. So he's starting to deviate from his theory that this is uh, more a, a punishment based on his uh, actions in life. And he says, you know, no, I'm definitely a good guy. But John shows up. And Nadia gets right down to business with him and they leave together. This is that speed running acceleration that you were talking about earlier. You know, she's just like, John, come on, come with me. Let's get, let's get going. What do you say? We go back to my place. She grabs a scratch, you know, and they're out of there. Right. So um, anyway, Alan goes off on Mike now. So this is, this is different. This isn't Alan trying to, evaluate mike anymore this is him going off on him while he's on the phone with beatrice and max kicks him out so he got while while he's uh i'm sorry after he's been kicked out he calls beatrice to warn him that mike is a sex addict but she doesn't want to talk to him while he's drunk she says you need help this is not the first time we're going to hear that in this episode and and he gets hit by a car and that's the end of alan and we don't get to see nadia's death this time so last time we saw nadia's death not alan's this time we see alan's death not nadia's so this death because nadia's gonna say gas explosion again yeah like huh did she go through the same day up until that point or did she try going to roots that night right yes exactly and we don't it's so it's so unclear but this to me, if she's saying gas explosion, I mean that's that's at roots for sure, right? And yeah, I see no reason why she would cool, because I see no reason why Nadia would live up to the exact same point and then die to the same gas explosion that she knows is going to happen. That's a good so, point. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, it <laughs> could be a completely, it could be a completely separate gas explosion. Gas explosion. <laughs> so, right. But, uh, but I don't think it is because she's pretty hell bent on calling this in. But at any rate, we, we don't really know for sure. And, and I started questioning, you know, are they dying at the same time? I mean, I guess I was questioning that before. But when they get back to uh, iteration 15 now, so 14 deaths, this is the 15th life. Alan arrives at the party and they compare deaths again. Another gas explosion for Nadia. And now Alan brings it up did they do you think we're dying at the same time okay so i love that he brings it up because that means the show writers are thinking about it and they're hopefully going to address it so nadia asks if he about this this is where he asks about the stairs the stairs sorry this is where nadia asks about the stairs you know if you've never had any trouble on the stairs would he some kind of superhero i love that anyway uh and nadia takes down home very quickly <laughs> even faster and, yeah uh, we don't really even see Alan interact with Mike here. We just see him walking out sulking. And this made me think, you know, Nadia and Alan don't really stick around each other for very long. They don't. <laughs> that, 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 that really, that, 
that is why I this is my biggest gripe with the episode. Yeah. And a big reason why I you thought about giving it like an eight because I was like, this is really bad. Why aren't they sticking? Like, why aren't they trying to figure out more things together? Like, yeah, they figured out some things, but like, mm-hmm. they some simple checks, right? Like, just see, are they like almost like destiny tied together? Like, if one dies, does <laughs> the other die? Like, independent. I know, like, we see both of them die to the same like HVAC unit at one point, but you know, yeah. like. You know, put a test here. Like, if if we drown Nadia, does like Alan just get a heart attack and die, drop dead? Like, are you guys almost <laughs> like, you know, like so little, I, I something to test I, here. I I, I totally agree, and I think you're going to get some satisfaction with that. So uh, it didn't happen in this episode, but I think that you're going to get that. So, <laughs> I get the inclination. <laughs> they said this gets much darker. Yes, so they're going they're going yeah. to do like things. I and I wonder. Well, yeah, but, yeah, I'll leave it there. But. Okay, so the, they, I think the reason that they're not sticking together at this point is because they both get so fixated on this one thing that they have to do. For Alan, it's he's got to confront Mike and, and, and assess Mike and make him uncomfortable and figure out why Beatrice is with him, or at least thinks she's with him instead of alan for nadia it's this obsession with making things right with if not john at least lucy yeah right so uh and they can't really do either of those things together i suppose nadia could probably help out alan but that would mean she'd have to basically abandon the john track here right yeah yeah. so i i don't want you to get too frustrated by it because uh, you're gonna get that stuff it's just in this episode, it's it's kind of new to them, both of them. They this is this idea that Nadia was maybe not a good person is very new to her, and this idea for Alan that there's that he can actually have interactions with the guy that was sleeping with Beatrice is new to him. So I think that's I think it's forgivable uh, that they do this, but I was kind of frustrated, like. Why, you two got to stick together. Why do you keep separating? And I, and I kind of feel bad for Alan. I feel like he gets the worst end of the stick here, or the short end of the stick, I guess, because Nadia gets to go try to, you know, make amends with someone that she cares about and, and maybe do better. You know, Alan gets stuck at this party where he knows no one except the person who was sleeping with his, his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. So. This, this this resetting is, is not great for Alan. No, not at all. So, anyway, um, Nadia takes John home. Alan gets uh, just kind of sulks around, and he ends up behind these two women who notice that he's following them. I don't think he was actually following them. But to me, he was completely yeah. oblivious to anybody else around him at all. Uh, but he gets maced by them and ends up dying of an a mace induced asthma attack. Uh, Nadia calls in the gas leak to Roots, and she even puts a sign on. I don't know if you saw this on the stove. Yeah, I saw it. Warn, yeah. Warning Ruth not to use. Yeah. Okay. And this the sign. I don't know if you noticed it. Uh, it was a recreation of the drawing that had been on the Valentine's card. Yeah, I saw. I saw that there was like a little like happy feet, like some like little kid drawing us things. But I didn't make. The yeah, it's it the it's the card. it's the same drawing as that's on the Valentine's Valentine's card. But anyway. Nadia goes for the box because now she knows where it is. And while she's trying to pull it out of the armoire, 
Ruth wakes up and shoots her right in the back, thinking that she's a burglar. And yeah. Ruth, Ruth is devastated by this. Yeah. And Completely devastated. Let's look on the bright side of this, though, right? It, better she devastated than... Ima- look, imagine how messed up it'd be, especially for Nadia, if Ruth shot her and be like, ah, man, I never liked you anyway, and, like, walked off. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> imagine, imagine you reset as <laughs> Nadia, and now you know it. Yeah, yeah. That Ruth actually like hates me deep down. That's a that's a great point. (laughs) So at least you know Ruth cares about you. This is like the ultimate knowledge that yeah, Ruth does. Ruth, if not cares about you, at the very least, feels guilty for shooting you. Yes, yes. Which yeah, I guess that's the definitely the preferable outcome there. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But you. As Nadia is dying, like she has a really interesting look on her face as she's dying too. That's that's not, it's not um, anger for sure. It's it doesn't even seem to be fear for herself that she's going to die. Like she knows she's dead, but maybe it's fear for Ruth because this is where she has solidified and has really crystallized in her mind that there's a potential that these people go on after they're gone. Mm-hmm. And, and she's about to tell Alan as much because we're, we're going to get to number, it's number 16, life number 16 or iteration number 16 for, for Nadia and Alan. And Nadia is full on crying when she resets in the bathroom. Uh, and I, I'm thinking, I, I think this is pretty clear actually. She's crying because she's made this connection that these people could possibly be living now without her and all of those iterations uh and she uh well anyway she, she's very upset about that alan meanwhile wakes up in his apartment resets in his apartment and on his way out he goes to feed the fish and the fish is gone when alan gets to the party before he even goes to see nadia he confronts mike and this is like maybe the probably the healthiest confrontation with mike that he's had like there's there's some actual it was, it's not going to it's not going to come to violence and there's some actual understanding that's kind of i think gleaned here so alan confronts mike while he's on the phone with beatrice and he asks him why you and mike responds with the she didn't choose me she only chose not you nobody chooses me i'm the whole where a choice should be so this must be i would think even more painful for alan now that, that it wasn't because Mike is so great that Beatrice mm-hmm. chose him. It's because he, Alan, was so awful. Yeah. So, but it does, I think, humanize Mike in a way because Mike is completely unsympathetic up to this point, I think. This makes me sympathize with Mike a little bit more. He recognizes that he's kind of a, a scum that nobody really wants to be with but they'll be with him because they just want to be with somebody. Yeah. So, uh, so I do like what this does for Mike's character. I feel bad for Alan because this has got to be. Oh, so. Yeah. Hmm? No, you're good. Okay. So Alan tells Nadia that he died of a Mason induced asthma attack and Nadia tells him that she thinks everybody keeps going. And she tells, tells him that 15 times Ruth has grieved for me. And this Alan latches onto this because it's been 15 times for him as well. So this is maybe further as evidence 
that they're dying at the same time. Certainly evidence that they're resetting at the yeah, same l- time. Oh, yeah. Listen, all I'm saying is it seems like Alan's really trying to like get some experimentation going on here. He brought up yep. like, oh, maybe we die at the same time. Oh, 15. But every time <laughs> she just yeah. goes and speed runs out there. She's like, oh, so I got to get going, John. Love, love you. Yeah, let's go. Let's go see Lucy. Got booked by you. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, she does. She, she books out of there. We're not, we're not going to get the book. I'm going to tell Lucy about Emily of New Moon, uh, but we're going to do this. Let's go. So Alan, having been ditched by Nadia again, walks in on Mike with a woman. And he says to Mike, you know, I, I don't need to make this easy for you. But Mike tells him that, that Beatrice told him that Alan has mental health issues and that he won't get help. Okay. Now we've heard Beatrice say that to Alan. Now, you know, I'm not going to talk to you. You're drunk. You need help. We've heard Ferran try to appeal to Alan to get count some counseling and Alan has rejected it at every turn. And now he's hearing it from Mike that I'm sorry, from, from Beatrice through Mike that he has mental health issues and won't get help and that she's afraid that he'll hurt himself if she breaks up with him so what do you what, what do you think alan does with that information here i wonder if next life around he's going to go seek some help ah. and maybe ruth ruth is a person oh a ruth is a therapist ah, i see all right so alan uh stares at one of these drawings uh it's made up of numbers i can't make any sense of of this scene yeah the scribbles <laughs> i don't I, I this this confused me i went maybe i mean i, they, I, I wrote maybe he is crazy <laughs> i mean they keep getting closer to the to the drawings and closer to alan's face alternatingly and i don't know why so yeah, I, think, I think i think he's gone full crazy he got broken okay okay he, he, i think you get <laughs> driven mad by having to reset this night over and over and he's just he's broke like I maybe or maybe he has accepted it that he that something is broken that something is like that he does actually have some mental health issues maybe he's finally accepted that having heard it from three different people now but anyway the next morning Nadia shows up for breakfast to tell Lucy about Emily of New Moon she waves to Lucy Lucy gives her the finger uh, so this is indic- indicative of the fact that Lucy has the information. She knows what happened and that this is the person who made it happen. Right. Yeah. I, I, that's not fair. John made it happen, but <laughs> so uh, she, this she, is the person. She aided and it happened. Yeah. She this is the person that John was choosing over, over her mother. Right. Yes. So Nadia, Nadia you know, says, you know, sorry, I, I, I don't know how this is just dawning upon me now. But another connection between uh, Alan and Nadia is they both have a story of an affair. They both have a story of an affair. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know how critical it is, but yeah, yeah, think. no, I mean, so Nadia is the mistress in yeah. that story, whereas Alan is being cheated on. Yeah. In his story. Okay. I got gotcha. you. All right. Well, let's keep an eye on that. I wonder so, if we'll meet a third person. Who's the cheater? The cheater. <laughs> that, that's like that's a that's also stuck in a time loop. Yes. Oh, the three unite forces, and then they. Ah, they interesting. Interesting. Like Power Rangers. Anyway, go on. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So, 
I mean, I, I guess we have met Beatrice and John. But yeah, but I, yeah, time yeah, looping. Time looping, I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. All right. So Nadia tells John that she can't do it. She's worried that she's going to die in front of Lucy and scare her and scar her. Sorry, scar, scar her for life. So now that Nadia has in her head that these people keep going after she dies, she's suddenly very cautious about the people she's, she's going to be around. So I think that you know, Nadia's fixation on seeing Lucy in this episode was all before she figured, or at least before she started thinking that the people go on after she dies. Definitely. It looks like, so I'm interested to see what happens now that she thinks that does she try to have any connections now? There's this going to completely isolate her. So, she says, you know, John, John says, don't do this to her. Don't do this to me. I love you. And Nadia tries to gently say, and I'm not rejecting you. I'm prote- not rejecting her. I'm protecting her. But you can see that from John's perspective, this sounds ridiculous. <laughs> like you're, uh, protecting her from what? Like you're, you're, you are scarring her right now by, by not going in there and talking to her. You're scarring her. But Nadia knows that the stakes are much higher than that. John doesn't have all the information, but she apologizes. Nadia does for everything, and she does leave. Interestingly, Alan wakes up at Max's house the next morning. So he he never left the party, and he's he's made it to the next morning, which is something we haven't really seen out of Alan. But Nadia meets him at his place. And Alan thinks they're definitely dying at the same time. Then they actually do die at the same time when an HVAC unit uh, falls on them. And I, that, it, yep, go ahead. This isn't really empirical proof that they die at the same time because it could just be a coincidence. Mm-hmm. But I think this is the writers just telling us, yeah, they die at the same time. That's what I'm taking that, this as. Okay. That's, that's, that's definitely a reasonable thought to have. So. So that's the end of their 16th life, and they'll be on to iteration 17 uh, to start the next episode, which is entitled, as I said, Reflection. So are you feeling comfortable with your nine rating? Yeah, yeah, it'll stay as a nine. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with my nine as well. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm very excited about the last three episodes here. Uh, I think that it was about this time when I started to realize, wow, there's this is a lot more than just a, a fun time loop romp, uh, which is kind of where I land on Groundhog's Day. All right, this is this ends up being a lot. There's a lot more to it than that, so I'll yeah. I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, but having said that, I think that we probably ought to check the time here. Looks like it's TV time by my well, calculations well yeah look, whoa calculations you have made that are quite close enough that i'm willing to give partial credit oh thank you partial credit very exciting partial credit <laughs> all right so kurt yes do you think i mean obviously i haven't given this a nine uh give this a four out of five i'm sorry five out five, of five yeah. five out of five yeah how about the audience, though? Do you four. think they gave it a five? Four. You think they gave it a four? four? You are correct. They gave it a four. Four out of five. 71% said four out of five. 
Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Um, the character reading, Nadia. For me, you, the audience, who are we talking about here? Everyone. Everyone says Nadia. Nadia it is 86% the audience gives it to Nadia. Alan gets 10% of the vote. Ruth gets two. Uh, and I also voted for Nadia. That is correct. And I also voted for Nadia. So yeah. Well, then you were three for three. That we had mentioned at the beginning of Russian Doll, or our Russian Doll coverage anyway, uh, how this will be a good series for you to get well. Very character centric, yeah. Nadia, a bit, bit of Alan, but I think yep. it's still Nadia's drum that beats. It, yeah, it's the Nadia show. I mean, you know, Alan's there in the world. And honestly, I think he adds a lot to the series that was missing. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that he's there, but it's still Nadia's show. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So I think that's all, unless you have anything you want to add before we sign off here. Yes. Okay. I think I've got to start making a bold prediction. here. Oh, that's right. We got to come up with some predictions for you. Bold prediction, I want to say. Bold now. prediction. Now, is this a prediction for next episode, or is this a prediction no, for... this isn't a series. This is a series-wide prediction. Bold okay. prediction. They never get to leave this time loop. Oh. All right. Or, well, we'll no, to... no, wait. No, look, let me read with this. They never get to leave this time loop and get back to their regular lives. So perhaps they can leave okay. it but in return. Something so... where they'll never, they'll never, they will never be like a normal person living a normal life ever again. I guess what I'm saying. So perhaps like maybe there's some sort of purgatory state and they go all sorts. But all, all I'm saying is that they will never live lives like normal people ever again. It's not like they'll be like in their 50s thinking back to when they were in that time loop for like some time. Nope. Okay. They will never live normal lives again. So then both, they... of them, both of them will never live normal lives again. Perhaps one of them will. That might... <laughs> perhaps, perhaps at a cost of the other. Both of them will never live oh, Okay. Normal. I see. All right. All right. So wouldn't that mean they stay stuck in the time loop, though? No, because I well, I don't know if there's some other choices that could occur here. Like perhaps they like either like ascend or these. I don't know. Like what are the possibilities? Basically, they, I'm saying this because I don't know if there's other possibilities that could outcome. Like I do just want to say they get stuck in the time loop, but I don't know if there's like, you know, like oh maybe this is like a purgatory thing and like one of them goes to heaven, one of them goes to hell or something. Like I don't, I'm not gonna, I don't want to have to. So this, this this blankets all of that basically. Just basically, I'm saying they will both of them will not return to normal lives. Okay. Ever. All right. All Although right. I'm not opposed to perhaps one doing it. Okay. So that is my that is my prediction now. Okay. Any predictions for next episode? Ferran. We'll come back into the fold. Okay. The return of Ferran. I think my Ferran detector is pretty good. So. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. What a useful tool to have. I, I, he's coming close. <laughs> I, I, I sense it. If he's not next, maybe the one afterward, but the detector is not normally wrong. I hope it's not. Well, there there are only three, only three episodes left. Yeah, so if he doesn't come in the one after this one, he might come in the last one. <laughs> so you're, you're will we, will, we will see Ferran before the end no, of the series. No, I'll, I'll, I'll commit to next episode. So. Okay. So next episode, we'll right. see Ferran. Those are my two predictions. Oh, right. third prediction. Okay. I'm going to rate it a seven. Oh. Okay. Wow. I'm trying to think of what the uh, logic is behind making that prediction. No reason. 
There has to be a reason behind everything, Mr. Sal. No, there, there's a reason. There's no, a reason listen. Everything in life. Damon no, Lindelof not... told me that everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I, I disagree <laughs> with that. There's. Uh, I, I also disagree with that. But anyway. there are. I think I don't know. There are things that sound nice, but I feel like if you think about it for a bit, you go, actually, you know what though? Like, sounds nice, but I don't actually think that it actually like holds up. No, I totally agree. But I, I think that uh, I think there's a reason I, that you are pre-rating it a seven out of ten. I just I'm can't telling think you, what it is. Re- it's just my prediction. I, well, if you're doing it to to you know paint me into a corner in my prediction of, of your rating next week. Okay. So we'll I can. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're trying to throw me off a scent or if you're trying to. I don't do I just, that, Kurt. I don't read too much. You don't read? I deserve that. At any rate, I think that's a good note to end on, folks. If you would like to contact us, showhopperspodcast at gmail.com, we would love to hear from you. We would also very much appreciate ratings, five star ratings, reviews subscriptions and follows and of course uh you sharing this around sharing the podcast around uh we do enjoy covering russian doll we do enjoy covering all the shows that we cover you can go back and listen to all of the leftovers all of ozark most of lost we'll get there eventually and uh almost all of russian doll at this point so thank you for listening folks what did i miss kurt i feel like i missed something um no, I think I'm good. <laughs> I, I, I did say that. Yeah, I so, know. <laughs> at any rate, folks, thank you so much. And we'll look forward to talking to you next week when we cover episode, what is that, six? Yes, episode six, yeah. re- Reflection.